This is Artwork, and I'm Denise Shumay. As many of our listeners know, Risa is no longer with Fourth Arts Block as our executive director, but she remains the host and associate producer alongside myself on this podcast. In this episode, we visit Real Talk Kip Talk, a live talk show about the state of contemporary performance in New York City, hosted by Kippy Winston. Who is Kippy, you might ask? Well, Kippy is media mogul, internet sensation, and citizen of the world. Some may say she is the Andy Rooney of the Pomo Age, a gadfly of the Guild of Era, a muckraker with the mostest. This conversation that we're about to play was recorded on April 8th, and Risa was actually invited to be a guest on the panel. This panel, which includes a Q&A, uh, surrounds activism and community engagement in the arts. What is the role of artists as activists today? How does artistry and activism intersect or not? Enjoy. It's time for the theme song. It's time for the theme song. How will it go? Oh boy, are we assembled? Great. So here we are at our panel about activism, arts making, community engagement. I thought we could begin with maybe just going down the line uh, and you could each say a, a little bit about who you are and what you do. We have Shido Prajapardi, Amy Koshbin, Lucy Sexton, Risa Shoup, Jeffrey Jackson Scott, and George Emilio Sanchez. So let's hear. Hi, thank you. Uh, my name is Shito. I am an artist and I'm an educator. And right now I am the director of public engagement at Pioneer Works in Red Hook, Brooklyn. Awesome. Um, I'm Amy Koshbin. I'm an Iranian American. I'm an Iranian American artist, um, video performance and installation. I have a piece in the show, which is an amazing show that Saucy put on. It's all South Asian female artists. And I'm also an activist. Hi, I'm Lucy Sexton. Uh, I have a dance performance group for a billion trillion years <laughs> uh, called Dance Noise. Um, I do a lot of other things. I also run the New York Dance and Performance Awards, the Bessies. Hi, I'm Risa Shoup. I'm the executive director of Spaceworks. Uh, we develop affordable spaces for folks to gather and engage in their cultural practices uh, here in New York City. And I also am consulting on New York City's first ever cultural plan, Create NYC. Do you have one? I do. <laughs> um, hi, I'm a friend of Risa Shoup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am, uh, I mean, I am that. Um, my name is Jeffrey Jackson Scott, and I'm the creative director and co-founder of a company called People Mover. Um, we're a communications and engagement strategy firm working with artists and cultural institutions on community development and audience engagement. Hi, I'm George Emilio Sanchez. I don't know why I'm here. I run the Ford Foundation. And uh, I wish uh, performance artists. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, you, she's going to make fun of me. She's going to make fun of me, so I want to be a step ahead. So, never. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I'm a performance artist. I, I teach at CUNY, uh, and, uh, and I run a, a program called Emerge NYC, which Claire is here was in the first year and Elena is in the new year so it's our 10th year of running to explore the intersection between arts and activism so it's great to be here thank you great thanks so much for for joining us yes 
hearty round of applause. I guess I'd love to start off with how, in your view, how are artists in a unique position to be activists? I can start. So uh, I've been an artist for a while, but I've been working with artists for much longer than that, 15, almost 20 years. And the one thing we always joke about is how artists are jacks of all trades. Um, whatever project they're doing, whatever their interests are, it can lead them to new skills, to new disciplines, um, to new ways of thinking and seeing. And so I think in that way, the term artist or the title of artist actually opens up a really interesting space to be able to move into spaces that are not always accessible to other people with more, um, what shall I say, closed titles. I don't, I don't know the right exact word for that, but I think you guys know what I'm saying. What, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell, tell me more about what you mean by closed titles. Well, I, I, so, you know, um, it's probably not super easy for a scientist to walk into an artist's studio and say, hey, I want to work with you. It's actually the other way around is actually much easier. I see. Um, and so um, I guess what I'm saying is discipline specific. And in a way, the title of artist is without discipline in a certain way. And there's almost, you can almost do anything. And so I think that freedom um, opens up a space for a, a, not just activism, but a specific kind of activism that can be totally shaped and um, formed by the way you see the world. Terrific, thanks so much for explaining that. Yeah, so one thing um, in my practice, I'm actually, I forgot to mention, I'm also going to be running for city council in uh, District 39. As, you know, in this exact way that we're sort of, and you're sort of describing as well, breaking out of the niche of the specific performance art or art context and trying to expand into other mediums, including political action, including the idea of how do we perform political persona a la Trump. We have someone who's an actor in a brand running the country, so what is that process of running a campaign? How do we do it as individuals also for me? I think an interesting position that artists are in right now is communicating ideas and concepts is something we're incredible at. So using the skills and the resources that we have, we're also very scrappy and can get a lot of things done at once. So using those resources to break open some of these processes, some of these landscapes in our current culture that we might not felt like we had access to before. So um, also being I don't know, I feel like there's a certain thing about truth too in, in terms of activism. Being Iranian-American with the Muslim ban for me really activated me in that particular area where I was out at the airport and I started doing a lot of work around creating large-scale protest banners that are now traveling between arts institutions and the street. They'll be up in Times Square opening on uh, July 4th, which is exciting. But I think this is the place where now we're seeing um, we're right, I don't know, we're at a ripe time, I guess, to sort of break open things that seemed closed to us before. But I will also say really quickly that I think artists and activists are in some ways separate things. Like not all artists need to feel like they should be activists and not all activists need to feel like they should be artists. And that that's something that Risa and I were talking about a little bit before this, that that's a, 
that, that you shouldn't have to feel that guilt, but if you do feel like you can engage with a particular topic that's true to you or you can resist on a daily basis that's true to you, keep that truth and keep that energy up because it is a long haul. And when we go full force on everything, it can get, it can get very draining both as an artist and as an activist. So to be thinking about that. Also in that there's a long history of arts and activism yeah. in terms of like thinking about the, going back to the data as seen even before that with Hugo Ball and, and the Cabaret Voltaire and things like this where art, artists and activists, they've been bonding together, separating, bonding together and creating cultural movement for a really long time. To, so to keep that in mind, this is not the first time this is happening. There's a history there. Yeah, I mean, I would just add that I am neither an artist nor an activist. I think sometimes I've been an activist around certain issues. I'm always an organizer every day. That's a big part of my own practice. Um, and I'm also always an administrator. And sometimes as an administrator, I'm also an activist. I am never an artist. That's not a thing that I do, but I get to work with artists a lot. And the, Amy is referencing a conversation that we had like outside of Abrams, you know, I don't know, like, 40 minutes, ago. 40 minutes ago, we were saying that you know there's just deep, deep integrity in being an artist, and then there's deep, deep integrity in being an activist, and sometimes within a person's practice or interests, those things collide. Um, but it's okay for it's also okay for them to be separate, and it's okay for for the groups to exist in the same space, like groups of artists and groups of activists. And um, in terms of my work directly at Spaceworks, you know, I'm really, really interested in creating spaces that are welcoming the both and where both groups, even people who, who, you know, live within both groups can intermingle and share because of this question of like, what is the relationship between arts and activism, especially in this hugely challenging, um, but not at all historically unique political moment in which we find ourselves. I just wanted to say two things, I don't know if that's on. Um, uh, one was uh, we have this opportunity because we, uh, as performance artists, we are places where people gather, right? So Craig's doing an incredible thing, which is to open up this space because he has a space. Craig so. is the artistic director. He's hiding in the back, but let's give him a <laughs> hand anyway. I will. I just didn't, I didn't know if it was working. Okay. Um, uh, opening up the space so that community groups can meet here and just you have a space, right? And then we even as artists, we have these things where people are gonna come together for a show, they're gonna have an experience together, they're gonna be within the same space, they're gonna feel something, think something, and that's a great opportunity. One thing I think that artists, at least in New York City, are um, have a long way to go on is we're not great at being citizens. Um, you know, I, I'd be going to these, you know, meeting with my local cops, as per the ACLU, instructing us to do that, doing these great uh, meetings with uh, precincts and town halls, et cetera, and I'm like, oh, there's the, you know, there's the uh, PTA groups, and there's the tenants' rights groups, and there's the animal rights groups, and where are the, you know, and I know that there is artists' rights groups, et cetera, but I think that we're not so good, maybe because um, many people who are in, artists in New York didn't come from New York, but you have this feeling of like, New York exists, and oh, these crazy things happen, and oh, how crazy. Like that we do, don't have that agency to feel like, no, no, you go to the thing, and you get in the face of your city council person, and you run for city council, so it's great to hear you're doing that. So I just think that's a place we can grow into. Uh, can I, I wanna add, I'll pick up on Lucy's point. So Please. I don't, you know, first of all, thank you so much for uh, acknowledging that it's not new. So there is a legacy of arts and activism being joined together in many different places. For me, the introduction was the UFW, 
the farm workers and, and how it worked with theater. And so it was really, really important. That's where I first got introduced to it, but it goes way, way back. Um, your question was, why is this a unique moment? And well, how are we position? in positions yeah. as right? Okay. So I think what's, it's not so much unique, because I think this is something that has always been at our fingertips, and I think people either accessed it or they didn't. Um, when we say artists, I'm thinking of the people like on, right on this, right here. It's a big term, so I'm thinking about the people who've been involved in making original work, experimental work, marginalized work, with no money, with no support, um, and so, and it's gotten worse, much worse, because now you have a few people who get a lot of money, and a lot of people who get nothing. And so it's, the landscape has really, really changed. I think one of the things, or many things, it's such a big question, right? But because of, for myself, one of the reasons, and what I bring to my activism and my social justice work, so I think one of the things is I don't want to differentiate artists who do work that's about things that address the world, and social justice people and activists. There's a lot of commonalities there, and we just haven't right. found a way to really, really work together more. Like Lucy says, there's ways in which we can be involved more. I was on the PTA, I ran it for three years. It was crazy, but it was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I had parents yelling me all the time, saying, what the fuck's going on? I said, look, just come to the meeting, all right? So, but it was really important. It was unbelievably important to hear people's voices and to hear the parents of children that were in public education when everybody was saying, don't go to public education in New York City, and I was there to say, this is the place to go, all right? So I think it's really important. It's not so much it's a unique position. I think it's a position we've always been in. It's the circumstance that changed. And the circumstance is unbelievably, un we can't even still take it in. It's something that's full of rage. You know, luckily we have pieces and performance artists that are making great work that bring humor and irony in, but at the, at the bottom of it, there still is this unbelievable passion about how do we accept this, how do we engage with it, and how do we move on? So I think Lucy's point about citizenship, you're running for city council, I've had this dream for ages, fantastic. We're gonna do it, we'll talk later. Yes. And then, and the last thing is, yeah. why? Because we understand process, yeah. we understand people, we know how to listen. We know how to engage, we know how to ask questions, we know how to be vulnerable. I mean, I can't say enough, and we know how to listen. I just think it's really important. So one of the things I would love to do, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go on, is I wanna redistribute how money's done in the New York City with the arts. Yes. I've been saying I wanna do a Congress of the Arts, one person in each district that's not a council member, that's not tied to a political career, and you have an arts maker or an arts presenter get money, and don't know, I haven't figured it out yet, okay? Mm. But the way to get the money to Everyone, the redistribution of money in New York City has to begin here. So that's okay. That's it. I volunteer myself. Yes, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, some people you're in. Agree. You're in. You're in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually struggled. I, you know, you sent out a lovely email saying these are the things I'll ask, and I spent like a week and a half. Like, what the fuck is the unique position of an artist? Um, and I struggle with it because it's actually hard for me to get into a space. It's just the word unique. Yeah. It's just yeah. the word unique, yeah. um, and it is because each one of us, whether you be artist or not, has a unique position. You live somewhere. You have a set of skills and practices. Um, I struggled, you certainly know this, I struggled um, personally, um, like a lot of us did, um, immediately after the election and just felt completely knocked over. It wasn't, an, it wasn't unexpected, the result, um, it was just disappointing. And so I was really kind of messed up, and I, there was a day on Facebook. I just needed to locate myself, and so I wrote, I live in this building, on this block, in this neighborhood, in Brooklyn, at this zip code, on and on and on. And I, so in my situatedness, there is a real power 
Um, and so the unique position that an artist occupies, that's different for each and every individual artist. Where do you live? Who do you know? What do you do? What are your set of resources? In the work that I do with cultural institutions, the question, every culture, well, for the most part, every cultural institution that hires me to come and work, um, it, I'm brought in in a moment of, um, of sorrow. We are not serving the broad diversity of the community of New York. When we walk around our building, we're seeing X people. We're not seeing all people. What do we do? What, what do we do? And my way of working with them is to just talk about the institution as a set of resources. You have a facility. You have programs. You have a staff. What are the ways through those resources that you can be involved in the community? Not thinking about how do I get those people to come to me? Because um, if you've ever gone on a date, if you sit at the table and you talk about yourself the whole time, and you're like, come to my house, come to my house, come to my house. They're not coming to your house. <laughs> not what's going to happen. It's like, you're super fucking scary. Like, no. I'm actually not going to come to your house. Uh, there's a real give and take there. Um, but it's, for me, the unique position uh, that we as artists occupy, or any artist occupies in this moment of activism, um, requires that you really take a hard look at, at where you're situated. Yeah. I'm interested, too, in what you were saying a bit about, like, the, just the strong overlapping of, you don't necessarily have to be an artist who's making issue-based work. Could you talk a bit more about that? Like, do, and others, too, please chime in. I mean, I think, you know, so it's like take off from where, what Jeffrey was just saying, that you're situated somewhere and you know the folks that you know within the place and places where, where you're situated. And like, you're, and this is sort of what I was getting at before, too, but like, there's integrity in both. Um, and now this, again, in both this, being an both, activist. Right, being an activist and being an artist. And sometimes they collide and sometimes they don't. But here we are in this moment where a lot of issues are being brought to light, right? Like, legal status. Um, right to, to health care, control over our bodies, um, certainly racial violence and oppression. These are also like not new issues, right? Like these have been here for us for a long time. Um, but we have this like pinnacle moment where it's being thrust at us and technology is allowing us to truly see oppression in the moment that it occurs, sometimes quite violently resulting in murders. So all these things come together and your work you know, could still be your work that is not related to that, but because you're confronted by that and because of where you are situated and because of this attention to process that folks who brought it up here, thanks for bringing that up, I think artists do have a, an, a significant opportunity to engage with the media that they're absorbing and work with the people where they're situated, sort of like what Lucy is saying, and you know, politically organize in order to de tackle those issues and also things that are a lot more, you know, the way that those issues present themselves in the lives and work of artists. And that's like a place to start, to start when it comes to where you're situated, right? What is the impact of all of those oppressions on you, where you are, and with whom you are there? I'm gonna go in a completely different direction. Please. You said something about you know whether your work has like social like direct issue content or um, you know uh, so we're a place where people gather together. Where's the other great political place where people gather together that's been a, a political source? It's like church, church. right? Mm -hmm. It's where people gather together. So so art at its best is like church, right? We come there and we get 
um, we, we reflect on our lives, we hear some new information, we get some solace, we get inspired, we leave there ready to do something more than we came in. Whether that's somebody, it's usually not somebody saying, this is what I think and you guys should think it, it's usually, you know, music can do it, right? Dance can do it. Um, but I do think that we have a responsibility as artists to be present to the moment and, 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 and that the audience, and to know that the audience is struggling with these same issues that we're struggling with. And even if we're doing a dance, it's not saying any bit of language, to be clear. And even if it's before or after the show, right? What, what else is in the hallway that is pamphlet? Someone said, what can you do about ICE? You know, uh, you know go to maketheroad.org and they'll give you a thing to print out that you say you put up in the hallway that says, if you see ICE, this is the number to call. If you know somebody in danger, give them this sheet about their rights. I mean. We are these places where we can spread information. Yeah. No, that was great. Um, and I was just going to piggyback on that and say, you know, in terms of what Risa was saying and also, Lucy, what you were saying, that to recognize all those oppressions and to recognize where you are situated and then let that filter into your work in whatever way it does, even if that is a minimalist white cube that you then create as a sculpture. But I think if you have these intentions in mind, hopefully and you, not. hopefully not, because that, there's some misogyny in that scene. Um, let's be real. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But it's basically in the same way that you're talking about, it could be dance, it could be, it could be music. And I think, you know, in terms of putting your truth into something as an artist and what comes out comes out, being conscious, being being kind, being aware, creating dialogue hopefully with that work and being able to speak to others face to face at the opening, at this gathering, being unafraid even if you have that social anxiety to start connecting with others in the community around this creative outpouring because that is gonna be a lot of people in this room's response to what's happening and so for us, and for me, I think I've, I've seen a lot of amazing things happen with technology and social media in terms of it gets people out into the streets, it makes us aware, but I've also seen it be an echo chamber. And I've also seen it keep us within the small circles, the 100 people that the algorithms of Facebook are allowing us to talk to. So these moments are really important, I think, in the arts where we come and we interact face to face because there isn't an exact answer to that question and we figure it out together like we're doing tonight. Um, I think that, that the dialogue is a really important part. So whatever comes out, then the dialogue around that work is a critical second piece. Yeah. And, and then a real, but she, also she I, oh, go, go, go. Oh, well, I was just, I was just gonna say that I think that there's a relationship between activism and advocacy. And so I think some of the people on the panel today yeah. talked about something really important, which is like understanding your position. And I think it's important to understand your position in relation to oppression, but it's also really important to understand your position in relation to privilege. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and if you are in a position of privilege in whatever way that you are, I feel like we're in a moment where it's your responsibility to, un to, to figure out how to share that. And that might not sound like activism, you know, putting up flyers, going to protest, but that work, that systematic work is actually equally as important as going out on the streets and shouting. And the reason I say that, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot, is I was just on a panel um, of artists where we were talking about the role feminism plays in our work. 
And we were talking about feminism and intersectionality, and people had all kinds of things to say. And the one thing that I kind of came back to was that, you know, we live in a capitalist structure, and that structure advocates for us to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, and it, it advocates for individualism, um, that, and that individualism is, individualism is equated with success in this country. That is the rhetoric. That is very true, and it's been like that for generations in this country. So when we talk about activism, when we talk about intersectionality, when we talk about advocacy, what we're talking about is actually organizing against a system that doesn't want us to do that no matter what it's for. And so it's just something that I think we need to remind ourselves that activism isn't just a public thing, it's also the way you live your life every single day and the way that you understand your own privilege, even if it's this big. Right. There is something that you can do with that, and I think that's yeah. just really important yeah. to remember. But also because, I respectfully, but the social mobility factor is a myth because of all the developed nations in the world, we had the less social mobility. So that notion of pull yourself up is, is such a myth that it keeps it safe, and the complacency is frightening. So we live in an administration that a is attacking women, a is an attacking uh, people of color in the worst ways, and that's why artists activists, social justice, everyone has to do what you say. You have to live it every day. Yeah. And you have yeah. to advocate every single day because it's no joke. Trump is crazy. We know he's crazy. But it's worse is what the policies is implementing. And it's an attack on, when he doesn't fund the population fund of the UN, that's an attack on women. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really severe. So I, I totally echo everything you said. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, wow, terrific stuff. I want to open it up to the audience. So I just, I'm going to tell people to, you can think of your question now. I'm going to ask one more question and then we'll take some Q and A's. But I guess one thing that I wanted to ask was, especially for those of you who engage in work in terms of bringing art to different communities and bringing communities together, how do you find community engagement as a kind of activism? Do you define it as a kind of activism? Yes. <laughs> Great. Ditto. Yes, a hundred. But also, I feel I feel very strongly that I don't bring art to communities. Right? Like again, I said I'm not an artist, so it's not a thing that I do. But I might. Wait, well, I but I have. Let me qualify. Let me qualify my own thing, and then you can requalify me or whatever. But like, I. It's really, really, really important to me that I can talk with the communities that intersect in the spaces that I'm developing and figure out who's there, especially folks who have been there longer than I have, and I just got this job, so that's, everyone has been there longer than me, and figure out what are they doing and, and, and how are they doing it, and what are the ways that we are gonna work together, uh, insofar as like I have a resource to provide, and that is space, and other resources to provide, which, is, which are like um, communications, the other labor that my staff does, um, the and in and in the sense that we were just talking about, like the privilege that I bring to the table as a white person, and also what does that mean in these communities that may not be, you know, majority white, and may and probably are, you know, communities of color, given where the spaces that we currently operate are. So what is that dialogue? And I am not bringing art to those people, but they are making art. And sometimes that art making is happening in the spaces that my organization creates. And so what is that like? So that's my kind of attention to that particular question. Well, as somebody that has been working in institutions for a long time and 
my job in edu as an educator and now as director of public engagement, which kind of means nothing and everything <laughs> at the same time, um, I always, my job is to bring art to people and uh, it can change people's lives. But there's just, that's, a, that's the simplest way to put it. Like, um, as somebody who's been teaching art, making art, and working with artists and helping them develop relationships with communities and understanding that arts organizations, I can speak about that, you know, there's only, there are things we can do and then there are things that we can't do. But the one thing that we can do that can help every other kind of advocacy in a community is to help people connect with each other and to help people see the places where they have commonalities. Because we, we live in a time that's really divisive and so even in communities that want to get better, sometimes it takes a few steps to get to a place where everybody is working together. And I've seen artists and arts and arts organizations do that over and over and over again and I mean that's so important. Very, very quick story connected to, to that right there. Um, so one of the places, uh, one of my client partners is a $7.5 million institution that was very desirous of a relationship with a nearby um, community living in public housing. And that was communicated to me in the way that I made fun of earlier. I apologize, Abel. Um, we want them to come here. It's like, well, of course you do. But you know, we should, like, what do you know about this community? Let's go there. Um, and in the first year that I worked with this institution, within three months, one of the big things that we did is we went there and we did a program, which was like, I, although I've never worked in Washington, D.C., I have described it as trying to move a bill through Congress. <laughs> to get the institution out of the building was, it, it was the most impossible thing. And I've, I've worked in it, I've worked in institutions for 15 years. It was the most impossible thing I've ever done. But it happened. And once that happened, now there was a context, like now there was a place to start. And in the conversations that were coming out from the community, well, you know, it's awesome that you guys are here. We really need jobs, you have jobs. Mm -hmm. And so connected to the point you're making, it's like, oh, we can't do everything. And I, know, I knew enough at that moment about the institution. Now is a different moment. I've been with them for three years. This conversation about jobs would be very different now than it was at the beginning. If I had said something in the beginning about, can you offer jobs, right. I, I also would not have had a job any longer at the institution. It's like, no, of course we can't do that because we're pedigreed curators and on and on and on. So what, again, living in this space of resources, what, what can you do given the resources that you have? The more time I spent in the community, I was hearing lots of conversations about disconnection and desires for community building. Um, and so we've made a piece, um, I'm calling it a piece, but that's how I think of it. We're making a piece um, called the Saturday Series. It is very simple, it's a film and conversation series, curated by the community. And yes, I said I've been with this institution three years, that's how long it took to get to a place where the institution was comfortable allowing, enabling, supporting a community to curate its own program. So there's this community curated series that now happens once a month, it is a film, and afterward, it's a conversation. All that conversation, all the whole thing is designed to do is to get the community what they said they wanted. We need to have opportunities to come together and enjoy, where we can look at each other and talk to each other, say each other's names. Um, and so there's a very lightly facilitated conversation afterward. There's a concession stand that raises money to sustain the series. Um, and the relationship between this multi-million dollar institution and the community in the context of the series is just leveraging the contacts of the institution in securing the films and paying for the screen. That's it. Mm -hmm. 
Great. Some questions from the audience? Yeah, Bob? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, the young woman who's, who's running for city council and, I, and what Lucy said, uh, I just want to, if you, if you know the, okay, if you, if you know the institution Jack in Brooklyn, a lot of us do, right, okay, it's a very, very progressive institution. Across the street from Jack is a new building, basically, that will probably just be available to people of a certain income. And uh, I'd like everyone to know that the city council person of that area has some control over that. So I really want to urge everyone to just find out who your city council person is, you know, and, and, to, and to also, you know, and to question them. And elections are coming up. So, you know, how do they feel about gentrification? How do, you know, are they fighting it? Are they, what is their stand? Are they being funded by developers so they take a very nonchalant stance about it? These are issues that, you know, that we can really get involved. And, you know, every time a new building like the one across the street from Jack or that whole stretch of, of Clinton Hill on Fulton as you go, as you go towards them, it's, it's just all you know, uh, apartments for the wealthy. How does that affect us? How does that affect other people living in the, the area? I think that's just something we can all, we can all think about. No, I really agree. I mean, that is one of the motivations for running, actually, is the um, friend that lives in District 39, Brad Lander, was this, or is the city councilman currently, and he did a ton and is still doing a ton of community organizing before and post-election where he's hosting these town hall meetings. He's really engaging the community. He's organizing groups to go to protests together. And that, to me, was so inspiring because it's about amplifying a voice and amplifying a perspective that we need, or in my opinion, we need to see more of in, in the government. And how can we get more involved? Well, I think one way is to start having trainings also on what is the structure of local government. How can we get involved? What do the hierarchies that exist, um, how are they structured? How can we as an individual start to learn about that? And I think there are these meetings that are happening um, all around Brooklyn, I know, because that's my particular area. Um, and, it, and it's weird because it's very party-centric. So, you know, the Young King Democrats, for example, had a one-on uh, local politics one-on-one -on -one training, but it's that I'm, I don't necessarily identify as a Democrat. So people might not feel comfortable with that. So it's about bringing this information outside of the niche that it exists in, outside of that you know, level of people who are just like really interested in local politics. Well, what about for creative people? How do we engage with local politics? I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of people don't know. Like that's the problem is how do these structures function? At least for me, this is a learning experience and that's part of the project is open sourcing that information because I think we have a lot of power. One of the organizers of Occupy Wall Street just wrote an article about taking to the streets is really important and the resistance that's happening there is really important. We're seeing effects of it throughout you know, a lot of the decisions for the Muslim ban with the ACLU, et cetera. But at the same time, he was also advocating for running for local office because it's time to start infiltrating those structures that are failing, You know, those structures that we see failing in front of us. I don't necessarily think the government is the answer, but I think how can I get more involved? Well, let's see. You know what I mean? Why not do that? You know, like you're saying, well, do it. If you have the dream to do it, let's do it. You know what I mean? Why not do it? 
But you do need the training. So Bob, in terms yeah. of that building, I can tell you it's really important because what's happening in Brooklyn and New York City is this thing with development, and it's a war. De Blasio, who fought for the, uh, for the, to keep Litch open, Long Island College Hospital, was then one of the people who made sure that the developers could get what they wanted. I was part of the group that fought against the developer. And what you find out is that this whole thing in city planning in New York City is really not working. So city planning basically is all, all your ducks in a row. It's not about city planning. So there's no question about infrastructure, sustainability, none of that. So there's two terms that you want to know. And that's Euler, which means the developer can have a million square feet or more, and they have to work with the community. But they get all the footage they get to raise all the money they want. Or they don't get that, they do the as of right, which is 500,000 square feet, and that means they can do whatever the hell they want. So every community has a battle to fight. There's trainings provided by, and I don't remember the group, but uh, if you tell Craig, I'll get you the name of the organization. They, they do trainings throughout the city about city planning and how you do that. So groups in that area have to start to train. Forget the city council member. Bring them in, of course, bring them in. But the groups should work right now grassroots. Grassroots is really key right now. And that, that one is really tangible, concrete, and something can be done. And I'm glad you raised it, because it's happening right under our noses. And people are not standing up the way we should. So, so what we did at Cowboy Hills Association is that we didn't get the ULERP. We got rid of the ULERP, and, now, and they're doing as of right, okay? What does that mean? A, a, a death by a thousand cuts. There's so much legal stuff you can do to scare a developer away if a community is united and strong. And we're in that phase right now where we didn't get the 44, we were going to get four towers, 44, 35, 25, and 20, in where the hospital used to be. We, we got rid of that. So now it's a 17 and a 15 foot. So it's a small victory. But now we're trying to do a, a death, death by a thousand cuts. Just fight every little thing. Why? Because we have resources, we have lawyers, and we have people that have experience. So there's a lot of things you do. It depends on the community. But I do think there's a lot that can be done that we have not explored. And, and George, you'll know more than me about this, but what I was going to say is if that building is already going up, this is a great time for Jack to get some resources from them. Yeah, exactly. To say, yeah. you know, be a good community member. Give us office space. Give us rehearsal space. Give us so that, you know, okay, the building's going up. I can't stop right. that. We're not That's at right. that phase yet. But it's a great time to get some concessions from them, and they want to be good partners because they're just starting. So that's a good thing to do right now. I would also say, like, there's, there's a lot of city stuff that the, de Blasio is not in control of and that de Blasio needs our help to advocate for in Albany. Like, there's a mansion tax that he's trying to push right. through right now, right? So if, you, yeah. if, you, if anybody buys an apartment over $2 million, they'll have to pay a mansion tax. And he must use the money from that mansion tax, you know, they pay, you know right. so they pay $20,000 to the mansion tax, and all that money goes together to build low-income housing for seniors, right? That, for some reason, is not in control of New York City. Albany has to decide that. So anyway, so there's great things to know that we can, and you can you know, go to de Blasio's website, he'll tell you what he wants you to fight for, and some of them are for good, affordable housing, so. Mm -hmm. Wow, we really have a covered a lot of stuff here tonight. A lot of websites to visit, and a lot of action items. <laughs> That's another episode of Artwork. Thank you so much for joining us. Please talk to us. We're on Twitter at 4th Arts Block, or you can use the hashtag ArtworkThePodcast. Please, please, please rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars would be great. If you were thinking of any less, then forget I asked. Remember, artwork is hard work. <laughs>